Today we are talking about budgeting and how budgeting doesn't actually have to be a B word after all. That's right. I don't know about you, but the word budget tends to bring up negative connotations in my head for some reason. However, I understand and believe how important of a financial tool the budget is. So instead of canning the budget altogether, I've chosen to rebrand the budget and I recommend the same for you as well. Yeah, budget doesn't have to be a B word anymore. It can be called anything you want that gets you enthusiastic and pumped up and motivated instead of deflated and pessimistic and, well, mildly depressed when you look at it. I call mine my abundance plan because that motivates me and just makes me smile. But call yours whatever does the trick for you. Go wild with your imagination here. There are no rules. It's whatever speaks to you and brings you empowering thoughts and feelings. And then after you name your budget, Just make sure when you are saving your budget, either electronically or labeling anywhere else, to call it what you want it to be called. This way, when you pull it up, you will get that hit of enthusiasm and motivation right from the jump, instantly putting you in that positive mindset. So let's get started. For simplification reasons, I will still use the term budget on this podcast, so let's first talk about the actual bones of a budget. There are quite a few theories on budgeting out there. I personally believe in the zero-based budgeting model. I find this model to be the most effective for achieving your financial goals, which is what we're here to do. And I think it's a fairly simple model to follow once you have it set up. Today, I'm going to share my opinion on the best step-by-step process of getting your budget in order and then off the ground and running. First off, you have to know what you are spending. Sorry, there is no getting around this one. This needs to be broken down very specifically into a minimum of 10 to 15 categories oftentimes more depending on the complexity of your financial situation and how far you really want to drill down. I would use the last three months as a measurement for month-to-month expenses and then take an average of the three months. Many financial institutions allow you to download your expenses into a budgeting tool which will break down the expenses into categories for you. But if this is not an option, you'll want to do this manually. Some category examples are housing, utilities, insurance, food, gas, childcare, entertainment, education, charity, etc. I primarily use an Excel spreadsheet on my abundance plan and break down the expense categories with the dollar amounts in Excel so I can write my own formulas However, there are many other easy budgeting tools out there offered 
many times for free by your primary financial institution. There are also excellent budgeting programs and apps for your phone out there that that integrate with all of your financial institutions that you have, even your loans and your credit cards. And if you have multiple different financial institutions, they integrate with all of them and kind of pull it all in together um, into one primary location. I know Mint is a huge player out there that, that does this, that people absolutely love. No matter what tool you use, identify the expenses for three months, average them if need be, and then put that number in each appropriate expense category. Then total up all of your expense categories to get the total average monthly expense amount and plug that number in. So you want to get the total expense amount, average expense amount for the month that you are spending. Remember, your expenses should account for every dollar spent. So leave no stone unturned here. If you spent or regularly expect to spend money on something, it must be accounted for in one of the categories. If you pay for something once seasonally or annually, divide the amount by 12 to get the average monthly expense. If you are already putting money towards savings accounts or other investments, great job! This should also reflect with appropriate labeled categories here as well because you're putting money towards towards this and remember you're accounting for where all of your money is going. You could have categories labeled with examples such as IRA, savings, kids education, savings, etc. For, for money that you're putting aside for savings or investments. Next is identifying the average monthly income section. How much income do you make? It is easier to go straight to net income here, which means how much do you make after good old Uncle Sam takes his cut? How much are you actually bringing home per month? To get the dirty lowdown on this number, take out your most recent paycheck stub, look at your year-to-date net income, and then look at the end date of the pay stub. So let's break this down. If the paycheck end date, let's just throw out a random September 15th end date, and let's just use easy numbers and say it says... 50000 as the year-to-date net income amount. First, you would take 15 divided by 30 days in a month to come up with 0.5 because you are halfway through September. Makes sense, right? And then there are 8 months prior. So you would add 8 to 0.5. So you are 8.5 months into the year on your year-to-date net income of 50000 So you would then take the 50000 and divide by 8.5 and your average monthly income equals approximately $5,882 per month. So you will type this average monthly income on your average monthly income box of your budget. Got that? (laughs) It's really not that complicated. So you're really just taking your net income and averaging it out for how long you are into the year so that you are figuring out what you're actually taking home on average per month. So let's talk about a couple nuances here. If you get paid an annual bonus, deduct that from the calculation. Or if your bonuses or commissions are not consistent or reliable, deduct those from the average monthly income. 
So for that same example, if the 50000 year-to-date net income on your paycheck stub includes a one-time bonus of, let's say, 8000 that you got in March, deduct that from the 50000 so then you would have 42000 divided by the 8.5, which equals $4,941 in average monthly income versus the $5,882 average monthly income. So that's almost a grand a month of difference. So make sure to take bonuses and commissions into careful consideration because if you are not consistently receiving this money, think hard about whether you can consistently budget from this money. Second note on income. If you have a partner that you consistently and reliably share income and expenses with, then do all of this including the expenses and income for your partner as well and then merge into a single budget. So factor all of your partner's expenses into the same appropriate categories and then do the same for the income. So you're really just doing the same process for his or her income and then you're adding both incomes together for one total average monthly income. Again, not doubting anyone's partners here at all, but think hard about whether you can consistently and reliably budget from this money before you include it. And that's all I'm going to say about that because I'm a financial coach, not a, not a relationship coach. <laughs> okay, so we've got our expenses broken down by category and we have our total average monthly expenses. We also have our total average monthly income. So now you take your total average monthly income minus your total average monthly expenses. So you're taking your income minus your expenses. So do you have a positive number known as a surplus or do you have a negative number known as a deficit? What you need is this to be zero or you need these two numbers to equal each other. That's the goal. So how do we do this? For those of you with a surplus, congratulations! You have money that you can be investing and saving to accomplish your goals. If you don't have goals, go back and listen to the first three podcasts first of all so you can do some proper goal digging. However, whether you're a surplus or a deficit, it doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm a very firm believer in the saying, pay yourself first. This is a long-standing part of my mindset on money that has served me very well. I pay myself first with automatic transfers set up weekly to come out of my income sources into my desired savings and investment accounts before I even see that money. I've paid myself first like this for a long time and just grown this as my career and my income has grown. My mindset on this was inspired as a young professional quite some time ago by a book I read titled Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. It was a great read for me at the time because it laid this foundation of establishing this pay-myself-first mentality early on in my career, and I really am grateful for that. So I want to pass this same mentality on to you now. Don't save what is left after everything else. Save first and then start with everything else. Because if you wait to get the crumbs at the end, first of all, there may not be any left. And second, 
Why are you working your booty off and settling for freaking crumbs at the end of the hard working day anyway? What is that about? Pay yourself first. This is easiest when set up on autopilot. Want to build up your retirement nest egg? Set up for all your appropriate investment and retirement accounts. Wanting to build your emergency fund? Set up to a savings account. Wanting to build savings to travel? Set up a separate account and automatic transfer for that goal. Trying to do all the above? Good for you. There are no limitations. You can do it all. Even if you have to start small and work your way up, you can do it. So surpluses and deficits both do this. Surpluses, you can divvy up your full surplus to pay yourself first categories and then set up the transfers. Or you can also take a portion of the money and increase your expenses towards um, your goal of paying off a certain debt faster or certain debts faster if that's more of your goal. This should be based on your goals and your priorities of what you want to achieve. Either way, make your income equal your expenses. That's, that's the ultimate goal of the budget. Deficits, turn that frown upside down. This is the exciting part. Uncovering the mystery of why you are off balance and solving the puzzle once and for all. There is either an income issue or an expense issue here. You are now the forensic accountant designated to figure out what exactly is the culprit. If it is an income issue, then you'll have to work out how to make more income. You are a smart person. Figure out how much more you need to make. Maybe brush up some skills if you need to. And make it happen. You can. For today, let's talk about the expense issues. If your expenses are too high, start drilling down into these categories. Hopefully, You've already added the pay yourself first categories into the budget because you're setting up those transfers and having that be part of the discussion. So we know we don't want to cut out the pay yourself categories. You can consider reducing if they're crazy high amounts. However, elimination is really just not an option in my opinion. I think 20% should be your ultimate goal for the pay yourself categories. Um, but starting small is good. Can you start at 10%? Either way, just start. That is really the most important thing at this point. Just start. Start somewhere. As far as the other expenses, what else can you cut? What looks too high? Are you paying too much for cable or your cell phone bill? Are you eating out too much or shopping too much? Or visiting the salon too much? When is the last time you shopped around for insurance quotes? I mean, maybe that could save you some money. Can you save money in that category? Are you getting too many expensive lattes? Can you refinance or consolidate any debt to get the payments down if that category is too high? If you have high payments in the loan categories, I would definitely advise talking to a financial consultant at a bank or a credit union to really see how they can help you. The goal is to get the expenses down or the income up or both so that they equal each other. So that's the budget. But I, I want to be clear that this isn't 
a one and done. This is a living and breathing document that needs to be looked at and managed regularly. When expenses or income changes, so does the budget. I also keep track of my financial goals and loan balances on my abundance plan, so I'm updating this quite frequently, and it, it's, it's so exciting to see things pay off or savings grow. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a B word anymore. If you change your perspective on it and use it to help you reach your goals. For example, if you want to go to Italy, label one of your expense budget categories, Ciao Bella Italy, which I believe means Hello Beautiful Italy. And then under the goals section, track how much money you have saved in this Italy account. I mean, can you feel the difference already? It doesn't have to, to be this thing where it stresses you out. It can be a motivator if you use it the right way. Budgeting is important. It really is a foundation of, of financial success. So with that, I'll leave you with a quote by the great budget master himself, Dave Ramsey, who has some really good material out there on budgeting you should check out. His famous quote is, A budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Well, isn't that the truth? Please share and pass on this knowledge to anyone you think will benefit from the information in this podcast. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review. I really appreciate the support. I really, really do. You can check out my website and blogs at mindyourmoneycoach.com. If you feel you need more financial or mindset coaching, you can find that there as well. Until next time, have a fantastic week, everyone.